Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. That's the foundation that we build our families on. So, so last Sunday I talked about how do we build that foundation. We really talked about the importance of Jesus, the person of Jesus, and how we point our kids to Jesus. And so that was last Sunday. But today I got a fresh one. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. I want to read to you one verse. We're going to pray, going to seat you, and we're going to have a good time today. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 reads as follows. For everything... There is an appointed time, a time for every matter under heaven. All right, we're going to lean in and we are going to pray. And then I'm going to preach to you this message that I am entitling. Don't miss this moment. Don't miss this moment. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. And we thank you for all the incredible things that you are doing. We thank you, God, for the life that is in this church and how you have brought this community together. And we are just seeing you move in incredible ways. And now, God, as we turn our ears towards your word, as I speak to this audience, would you speak to the individual? Would you give them the specific word that they need to hear for this season of their life? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands, everybody, and you may be seated. Don't miss this moment have you ever heard the saying father time is undefeated you guys ever heard that saying and and i don't like that quote i don't know about you but i don't like that quote Uh, i don't like knowing that eventually we all gonna get old right we're we're all gonna i don't care how much botox okay i don't care what your nighttime skin regimen is father time is undefeated You see these things on the internet, on social media that make me laugh. It says, one day you're young and you're fun, and then the next day you're barking at your kids because they use the outside broom inside of the house. You're like, who am I? You know what I mean? Like, I was never this person before. Or my dad, he's got this saying when he talks about time and getting old. I I love this saying that my dad has, and and you're going to get the reference right now. But my dad says, you know, life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. You guys ever heard that? It makes a lot of sense. It, it really does. And all the old people, you're like, man, you ain't wrong about that. And so, uh, all right, enough with the jokes about getting old. But the truth of the matter is today, as, I, as we read in our verse, I really want to talk to you about how as time moves on, we have got to discern the stages that our children are in. Mom and dad, I, I want to impart to you um, some teaching that I believe is going to help you as you parent your child. And if you're like, I don't have children yet, this is a good time to take notes so that when they come around, you, you've got an arsenal of, of teaching that you can use and that you can apply. And so what I want to teach on today is simply this. There are four stages of parenting. There are four stages of parenting. And today I'm going to give you a game plan. Can you all say game plan? And if you didn't know this about your pastor, I am an experienced flag football coach. (laughs) I'm coaching my son's first and second grade flag football team. And if you ever wanted to develop more patience in your life, go and coach flag football for first and second graders. It will teach you patience in ways that you had no idea. I was out there coaching on Wednesday, and one of the moms, she watched 
what was supposed to be called what was supposed to be a football practice <laughs> some of you would be like that's a practice it is for first and second graders and uh, she said you have so much patience I don't know how you put up with these kids but I enjoy it it's 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 a real joy to be a present dad it's a real joy to be there for my son and um, every week I have a game plan can you all say game plan and I want to give you a game plan. Now, here's the truth about game plans, okay? Here's what you need to know about game plans. When the game starts, you need to make adjustments. Great coaches make adjustments to the game plans because when the game gets started, things may not go the way you thought it would go. So just know that today I'm going to give you a game plan, but mom and dad, make adjustments for your children, make adjustments for their stages, make adjustments for their ages. But I want to give you a game plan that you can use. As, as, as the pugilist Mike Tyson once, fa- once famously said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> Sorry, that's not a very spiritual example, but that's just real life. And so I'm going to give you a plan, but if you go home and get punched in the mouth, not literally, I hope, figuratively, I hope. If it's literally, we're going to pray for your child today, okay? We're going to bring him to the altar. We're going to... Pray, lay hands, I got oil, we'll do what we have to do. I'm kidding. But, but, but I'm going to give you a plan on how you can parent your children as they go through different stages in life. So here are the four stages. I'm going to put them up on the screen. You can take a picture, write them down. Today's a big note-taking day. I am big on taking notes. Write these things down or take pictures. But there are four stages of parenting that I want to walk you through. The first one is the discipline years. And that is when your child is between the ages of zero to five years old. From the discipline years, they then move on to the training years. That is when they are between the ages of 5 and 12 years old. That's followed up by the crucial years of the coaching years. The coaching years is when your child is between the ages of, eight, of 12 and 18. And then it ends with what we hope is the friendship years. That's the goal to get to friendship with your children. And that is... That is after 18 years old. So I'm going to break all four of them down. Are y'all ready, Lighthouse Church? Oh, God, that was weak. Let's try that again. Y'all ready for Lighthouse Church? All right, let's talk about the discipline years. Y'all ready to talk about discipline? Okay, some of you got a little too excited, all right? Put your belt away. I'm not talking about that. Yeah, y'all just ready to go and lay down the leather. But that's not what I'm talking about. This is what the discipline years is all about. The discipline years... It's all about teaching consequences to your children, both good and bad. The discipline years is all about teaching consequences to your children, both good and bad. And it's between the ages of zero to five years old. And here's the deal. Babies, children are not born with the ability to discern right from wrong. This is why there is an entire market for plugs that you can put on the electrical sockets of your house. There are door latches for your kitchen cabinets, and there are bumpers for your coffee tables at the house. Have you ever been to a kid-proof house before? It's like they got those, like, doorknob things, and you're like, I don't even know how to use this. Especially, like, if, you, if like, you're way beyond those years, and they're always coming out with new technology, and you're like, I'm locked in the bathroom. How do I get out? What do I do here? And, and it's all childproof. Why? Because your children don't know right from wrong. They don't know that if I touch a hot stove, I'm going to burn my hand. They don't know if I drink disinfectant, it's poison. You know, it's, these are things that mom and dad, you have to teach your children. And how do we do that? Here's how you do that. You reinforce positive behavior, and then you bring discipline to the behavior that needs correction. You reinforce positive behavior, and then we're going to go ahead and teach out consequences for negative behavior. And it's so important that you catch what I just said because you have 
to reinforce positive behavior. I've met a lot of parents in my 20 plus years of pastoring. You've got the discipline on lock. <laughs> you could write a book on discipline, but you don't know how to re reward positive behavior. You've never actually stopped to celebrate your child when they do the right thing. And, and, and here's the thing, mom and dad, what gets celebrated gets repeated. What you celebrate will be repeated. I actually teach this to our staff here at Lighthouse Church. So mom and dad, if, if you never celebrate the good behavior, how do they know what they're supposed to do? And, and what happens is if you only teach them consequences of what not to do, they'll know what not to do, but they won't know what they should be doing. And, and so it's so important in the discipline years that we teach them this because it is my observation that we are good about correcting, 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 correcting. But your children want to know, mom and dad, what's the bullseye here? Like, like, what is it that you expect me? Now, they don't say that. Of course, they're two. But 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 if you don't give them a bullseye to aim at, where are they going to aim? So so you have to reinforce the positive behavior. And in this season of their life, this is where you are teaching them all about consequences. And consequences isn't always bad. It's also good. So you're going to use this stage of their life to teach them that there are good consequences for them and there are negative consequences for them. And you want to steer them towards the positive. You tracking with me so far? We want to steer them towards the positive. Let me read to you what Paul wrote to the church um, and this is in the letter of Hebrews, and we believe Paul to be the author. And um, he said this. Let me read it to you, and I'll kind of give you some commentary on it. Paul says this. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which we have all participated, then you are an illegitimate child, and you're not a son. Whoa. Look at that. Paul said, if, if you've never been disciplined, you're an illegitimate child. And you're not a son. He goes on to say, besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best. And then he goes on to say, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Now, now I've omitted some of the stuff in there because Paul was contrasting natural discipline with spiritual discipline but he really is making the point that that discipline it should be the norm in the life of a child discipline is the expectation and, and a father who loves his child when they are between those ages the zero to five years old they're going to discipline their child they're going to point them to the good they're going to steer them towards the good they do that because they love their child. They do that because they want the best for their child. They do that because they want their child to, to grow up and experience the best that this life can bring them. And I'll say this. I love how Paul says this. Discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. I know it's not hard to discipline. I know it's difficult, mom and dad, but, but my wife and I, we learned this really early. You have to follow through on consequences. You, I mean, this is crucial. 
mom and dad, you have to follow through on consequences. We were told this, and it's, it's just so incredible how God will put people in your life. But I remember my wife and I, she was pregnant at the time, and we were speaking with someone, and this was a mom of nothing but boys. And we were about to have our first boy. Little did we know, like, that's all we'd ever have is boys. Apparently, I can't make a girl. So um, all we'd ever have was boy boys and God put this mom in in our lives and it was just the crossing of paths and she said this to Joanna and I she said this to us and we have held on to it she said you must follow through on consequences and she gave this example she said one of these days you're going to be at a family party or a friend party and your kids are going to start acting up and you're going to tell them hey listen shape up we're going home and then if you don't actually one day go home like, like if you tell them two, three times and they're still not shaping up, mom and dad, you're going to have to you're going to have to actually get up and leave that party. And that's going to be hard on you. I know about you. all. I'm a big softy when it comes to parenting and I have a hard time following through on consequences, especially with my youngest child. There is a lot of truth to that saying about the babies being spoiled. Can I get a good amen, mom and dads? It's hard. OK, it's not just me. Thank you. I feel better. That was therapeutic. All right. So, <laughs> uh, but we have to follow through on consequences. And I remember we had to do that. One day we're at the party and my sons, Jaden and Jude, were acting up and we warned them. We said, boys, you keep this up, we're going to go home. Nah, they don't mean it. They're having too much fun. And, and, and so we went home. We left the party early. And it was hard because we were having a good time. We were having a great time. But we had to leave. And we had to teach our children the consequences to their actions. Because here's the deal. If you don't follow through with consequences, what you are teaching your child is it doesn't matter what you say. It don't matter what you say because you don't do what you say you're going to do. And let's play that out. If mom and dad don't do what they say they're going to do, teacher's not going to do what she says she's going to do. Principal's not going to say what she's going to do. Police officer is not going to say what he's going to say. Judge is not. You get where I'm going with this? You have to teach consequences to them at a young age or else the older they get, they will think there are no consequences to their actions. So the discipline years is super important. Now, mom and dad, let me help you. You got a little child that's got a lot of energy. And, 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 you, and, and, and has, everyone, has anyone ever told you, hey, your son, maybe you had a sister, mom, kind of talk to you and you're like oh they don't know any better you know they they just don't know any better you're right but you know better and because you know better you have to show them better and if you show them better they're going to grow up better sound good everybody all right so that's the discipline years you guys ready to go to the training years let's go to the training years the training years between the ages of five to twelve years old is when we explain the why behind the what can you all say training years now we're going to explain to them why we do certain things you can get away between the ages of zero to five with don't do that because i asked you not to do that and that's the end of the conversation but then they get a little older and they learn that nagging three letter word why how many y'all know what i'm talking about but why 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 or they add it with how that's where my son jackson is right now how how dad how how why and i'm like ah you know but but he wants to know, and he wants to know because he's in this season. You see, in this, in this season of training, it is so important that while you train, you explain. While you train, you need to explain. You can't just say to them, because I said so. You're out of the discipline years now. Now you're in the training years. And that's what home has to feel like when you got children in the training years. 
And, and the reason this is so important, this is going to be a little sobering for all of you, but uh, it's good parental counsel here. It's so important that you explain the why because one of these days, what you say is not congruent with what you do. I know some of y'all are like, no, Pastor Josh, I am so consistent. I had communion for breakfast this morning, flew in on my wings. You know what I mean? I'm an angel. But for the rest of us, okay, there are going to be times when what we say is not consistent with what we do. And that's, and you better believe your kids are going to be there to remind you about what you said. They will remind you. And I feel like that's God's way of setting you accountability into your life. When, when you have gone on to actually teach and explain to them, now you have a framework for conversation. Hey, you know your dad said this, but I did this, but your dad got it wrong. I can't tell you how helpful this will be for your children. And when you take the time to explain it to them, that's going to be a moment where they're like, okay, dad, I understand now. But if it's simply because I said so, because I said so, because I said so, because I said so, well, what happens when what you do is incongruent with what you say. So this is why it is so important in the training years that we spend time explaining. Now, now let me tell you what else we do here in the training years. The training years, okay, is when we are going to teach in private what we expect, what we expect them to do in public. In the training years, we are going to teach them in private what we expect them to do in public. If you, as a parent, are expecting your child to do something in public that you never taught them to do in private, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. Some of you like decide to like switch this, you know, turn the switch on when you're driving to the party. Okay, be on your best behavior. They don't know what best behavior is because when they're at home, you let them do somersaults off the couch. When you're at home, you let them burp and fart at the kitchen table. Or is that just my house? I got boys. Okay. You got your own dysfunction. Okay, don't laugh at me. (laughs) But in private, you let your kids do whatever they want to do, and then you're on your way to the party, and you're like, be on your best behavior. They don't know what best behavior is. They only know what you allow them to do at home, and you've not actually trained them in the areas where you want them to grow. So, so here's what you're going to do. At home, you're going to teach them how to greet people. Don't give them that lesson when they're like at the party. That's not the way you greet them. That's too late now. You're embarrassing them. You teach them this at home. You teach them how to look someone in the eye at home. You teach them how to shake someone's hand at home. You teach them how to say hello and goodbye. You teach them table manners. You do that where? At home. Why? You're in the training years. So, so you're, you're, you're only setting yourself up for disappointment if you never take advantage of the training years and yet you expect them to act like God's gift to humanity when you go out to Red Lobster or wherever it is you go. They're going to do in public what you've been allowing them to do at home. And, and we teach this here at the church to our staff as well. Behavior is not just what you do, but it's also what you allow. It's also what you allow. So, so in the discipline years, we're, we're leading them to to the, the good consequences, but in the training years, we're also going to make sure we're not allowing things at home that we would not want for them to do in public. So use your home as the place to practice greeting people. Use your home as the place to, to have good behavior so that when they get out in public, people are going to be like, man, what is your secret? Well, it's not a secret. You just actually leaned into training your children at home. So when they get out in public, all right, 
I'ma just get like real neighborhood with you all. Yeah, they ain't acting the fool, okay? <laughs> when they get in public, because you spent time investing in training them. I love this verse in Proverbs. It says, "Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it." And I love this because we, we only like use this in the spiritual context. This is far more than spiritual. This is the practical. Train up your child. Show him these skills that he needs to succeed in life. Teach him the things that are going to help him to be a successful student. Teach him the things that are going to help him to be a successful teammate. As I said a minute ago, I'm, I'm coaching flag football, and um, I have one kid who's a stud. I can spot the athlete from a mile away. Why? Because, well, I got one who, myself who's a great athlete. So I have this one athlete. He's a stud. And so I was coaching him, and I coached the harder athletes just a little bit harder because they got potential. I'm trying to develop their potential. And he's like, can I go with my dad? I'm like, no, you stay right here with me. And he's like, I want to go with my dad because his dad was also throwing the ball around. So he's going to stay right here with me. And I was going hard on him. But after practice, his dad said, thank you so much for doing that. Like he needed someone else to speak into him. He needed someone else to show him. He needed someone else to do that for him. That's training. Well, the same way at home. Think about it that way, mom and dad. You're training your children. You're preparing them for life. You're preparing them for what's next. All right, let's go on to the next one. But before we do, I want to make a very necessary insertion because we've talked about the discipline years and we talked about the training years and we're going to go on to the coaching years which is amazing and I can't wait to talk about that but before I do mom and dad here's another hard truth y'all ready for it kids move from one stage to the next without any thought or effort <laughs> they just getting older and they move between stages but parents you don't mom and dad you don't naturally move from discipline to training to coaching. They will. That's just the way God has wired them. But you're 30, 40, whatever your age is, and you're kind of like done. So mom and dad is so important that as your kids move through the ages and stages, that you move through the ages and stages. Because what happens is mom and dad, you're trying to discipline your 10 year old and he needs to be trained at that age. Tracking with me? Or, or, or you're trying to train your teenager it's too late for that. Now your teenager needs a coach, and I'm going to explain the difference in just a moment. But mom and dad, I want you to get this now. Your kids, it's going to be natural to them. They're just going to move from one stage to the next, no thought, because that's the way God wired them. But you, mom and dad, you have to be intentional, and you have to identify where is my child and what do they need from me right now. I, this hit me on my run yesterday. My wife and I, we, we went out for a little cruise in the evening, and um, God spoke to me through this, and... Um, the reason this is so important is I think where a lot of parents get it wrong is you know what you needed more of from your parents. And so if you needed more of the discipline, that's where you lean. If you needed more of the training, that's where you lean. If you needed more of the coach, that's where you lean. And so what will happen, mom and dad, is you then parent based on the deficit that you had because that's what you needed. And so you then begin to parent out of the deficit that you had and if all and if you never had the coaching parent and you're trying to coach your three year old, they don't need the coaching right there. They need the discipline. And then eventually they're going to need the trainer. So mom and dad, that's what I'm talking about. You got to be wise because your children are not you. And some of y'all want to relive your childhood through your kid. Don't do that. Knock it off. OK, don't do that. They are not you 2.0. They are fearfully and wonderfully made, and God has a plan and a purpose for their life. And it may look like your life, and it may not. And if any of you that ever lived a hard life, thank God for that. Okay, but, but, but mom and dad, 
don't parent according to your deficit because they're not you. And you're going to give them a whole bunch of stuff that maybe they don't need. And they need something else that you didn't give them because you didn't need it. So this is why we need God to, to guide us and to navigate us through these stages. There's this verse in Luke that I want to make the application, okay? This is not a parenting verse, but I'm going to make the application. Jesus is talking. He said, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No new wine must be poured into new wineskins. Here's the application because y'all like, we talking about children and wine because those go good, Pastor Josh. They go really good. I'm kidding. Okay. But, but my point being is as your children move from ages to stages, that's like a new wineskin that has moved into a new season and they need new wine, meaning they need a new method of parenting. Okay. So you have to discern, okay, they've moved into a new stage. So now I've got to move with my kid. And, and, and if you got three kids and they're in three different stages, well, buckle up, cowboy, because you got to be all things to all of them. Because you can't coach your three-year-old. You might be coaching your teenager, but you can't coach your three-year-old. So you got to be able to know what does my child need. You got to put the right level of parenting into the right stage of that child. Does that make any sense so far, Lighthouse Church? All right, let's go to the coaching. Clap your hands. You're still with me. Is this helping y'all? Let's talk about coaching. Let me start off by saying that someone once asked me a question about a mom, and, and this was back when I was a youth pastor. So this was when I was in my 20s. Every now and then in my 20s, I'd say something that was wise. Every now and then. <laughs> I was just as a naive 20-year-old. But I remember this conversation, and I said something that was like kind of wisdom beyond my years. I had not experienced it yet, and I didn't have language for it, but I described it. Now I have language for it, but let me describe it to you. Someone said, hey, this rocky relationship between this mom and this daughter, and I said to them, well, here's the deal. This mom was amazing to their eight, nine-year-old daughter. As a matter of fact, she was like the best mom to her eight, nine-year-old daughter, and all the other girls that were about her age wanted to be with that mom because she was a cool mom. She was a great mom. And then the eight, nine-year-old daughter became a teenager. And there was a lot of friction because mom tried to parent the teenager like she was still eight or nine years old. She's in a new season now. And what worked at eight and nine doesn't work when they're a teenager. And if you're a parent right now, you're probably looking at me like, Pastor, nothing works when they're teenagers. Well, let me try and help you, okay? <laughs> you're, like, you're like, Pastor, do you have a teenager? I have one. Yes, I do. And I know it's rough, so let me try to help you about what your kids need when they go to the coaching years. So in the coaching years, mom and dad, this is, this is so important that you get. In the coaching years, I, I want you to get this visual. And, and again, you, you guys are going to be by the – I'm going to be, like, very hard to put up with once football season starts because my level <laughs> – my illustrations are so sports-related. I, I just – I love sports. So let's talk about the coaching years for a second, okay? Coaching years, mom and dad, your place is on the sideline, not on the field. Now that you've hit the coaching years, mom and dad, I know you want to get on the field for your baby girl, but you got to get on the sideline because you're the coach now. And, and, and what happens is a lot of parents in the coaching years still want to go out and do everything for their kid. And that's not helping your kid. They don't need another player. What they need is a coach. They're in the season where they need you, mom and dad, to be on the sideline and let them be on the field. They, like, like, like it's their turn to be on the field. And I know you want to jump in and, and, and save them, but as a coach, you need to trust your training. 
You need to trust what you instilled in them in the discipline years. You need to trust what you instilled in them in the training years. Because now that you are in the coaching years, you have to step back and let your child figure life out. You have to let them do this, mom and dad. Now, I'm just going to caveat this because it's worth saying, and I don't have time to unpack all this. The only time I would say, mom and dad, it's good for you to really jump in there is if your child is dealing with a mental health issue, okay? That's the caveat. That's the caveat. And, and I've lived through some of that, and I've seen some of that with some family. And if your child is dealing with mental health, do everything you can for your child. Okay, do everything. I'm not saying do, do it for them, but do everything you can for your child. Okay, so generally speaking, if we put that to the side, in the coaching years, here's the goal. In the coaching years, you need to connect more than you correct. You need to connect more than you correct. I know this is hard. I know you want to keep doing it for them, but that season has passed, and you have to let them go. You have to let them try. You got to let them experience things. And mom and dad, are they going to fail? Yes. Did you fail? Yes. And did you learn from it? Absolutely. Are they going to learn from it? Absolutely. So in the coaching years, we step back, trust the training, and we have to let them live. We have to start letting the reins loose. I was, uh, I heard this the other day. Here comes another sports analogy. Have you heard of John Wooden, the legendary basketball coach of UCLA men's basketball? Well, John Wooden won 11 national championships or as a teenager is called the natties, okay? He won 11. Uh, Bill Belichick won six. Nick Saban has won seven. John Wooden has won 11 national championships. And he's a devout, well, he's, he's passed, but he was a devout follower of Jesus. And my point being is John Wooden's coaching style is very different than I think most coaches you would see. Most coaches today in a basketball game, like if you see Coach Spo or some of the other coaches in the NBA, they're running up and down the sideline. They're shouting at players. They're, they're very animated and engaged, and they're up. And that wasn't John Wooden. John Wooden, if you ever saw him coaching, he had a chair on the sideline. He'd sit down, cross his legs, cross his arms, and let the players play. Because all of his hard work was done in practice. So when the game started, he didn't have to stand up. One time, Bill Walton, who was a Hall of Famer, furiously looked over at John Wooden's coach, call a timeout. And John Wooden looked at him and said, I'm not calling a timeout. A timeout is for a team that is not prepared. But we're prepared. And that was his coaching style. He just sat there, trusted the process. They asked him when he retired, what do you miss the most about coaching? And he said, practice. Some of y'all hate practice. You're like, that's the worst. I love the game. But for him, he loved practice. Because when the game started, he was the coach on the sideline, and he would not get in there. And mom and dad, I just want to give you that illustration because you need to sit on the sidelines and coach your child. And the goal in this season is that they would want to connect with you. The goal is not correction. The goal is connection. Can you all say connection? connection? Your goal in this season, here's your next note, your goal in this season is to keep your kids coming back to you for guidance and support. That is the goal, that your kids want to talk to you. That's the goal. If you're correct, 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 and they don't want to talk to you, it's not their fault. You've not created a space where they want to come and talk to you. You've not created a place where they want to come and connect with you. So, so mom and dad know this is tough, but I want you to get this. The number one priority 
not even that they do the right things. Because again, we're not going not gonna to get it right all the time. And of course, we want them to do the right things. But the North Star is not that they did the right things. The North Star is that they still want to talk to you. That's the goal. That your teenager will talk to you. That your teenager will open up to you. That your teenager can come to you with their problems. Because if you've parented in such a way that they won't come and talk to you, let me tell you, that is going to be a rocky ride. And so you, you, you've got to get over, did they do the right thing or the wrong thing? You, you've got to get over that. The goal is, do my kids still want to talk to me in this season of their life? Because if, I can, if they talk to me, I've got an opportunity to teach. If they talk to me, I have the opportunity to counsel. If they talk to me, I have the opportunity to shift them. And I'm coming to a close. And for some of you parents that are like, but my kid won't talk to me. Listen. This is, again, what I teach the team here at Lighthouse Church. You would think I'm teaching parenting all day long, but this is just uh, leading volunteers. I said it's not that they won't do it. It's that you've not led them to do it. It's not that they won't do it. You've not led them to do it. So if they won't talk to you, it's because you've not led them to talk to you. Okay, well, Pastor Josh, how, how do I lead them to talk to me? It's very simple. First off, start early. But you got to talk to them about the things that they want to talk about. Did you hear me, mom and dad? You got to talk to them about the things they want to talk about. You, you got to open up the dialogue. And if what they want to talk about is not what you want to talk about, talk about what they want to talk about. Why? Because the goal is to get them talking. The, the goal is just conversation. The goal is that they're communicating with you. And, and, and I love this verse in Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7. And I'm going to insert some of, my, some of my words into the text so that you understand what the writer is saying. But he says, and these words I command to you today that they would be on your heart. Teach them to your children. Talk to your children when you sit in the house. Talk to your children when you walk in the way. Talk to your children when you lie down. Talk to your children when you rise. The writer is saying, whatever you do, talk to your kids. Mom and dad, communication is so important in the coaching stage. And, and when you talk to them, let them do the talking. Some of y'all think talking to your kids is you nagging to them until they fall asleep. Like you have literally nagged them to sleep. We talked. No, you talked. They didn't talk. You didn't give them any room to talk. Sometimes you just let them talk. Let them speak. But they won't talk to me. Start talking to them about things that interest them. You have to open up that dialogue. I've shared this before. I'm going to keep saying this until I retire, okay? So buckle up if you're in the long haul with us. But my son, when, when he got to just before this stage, he was at the tail end of the training stage, he really got into Marvel. I was never a Marvel guy. Didn't even watch some of the Iron Man movies when they came out. I'm a Denzel Washington guy. Can I get a good amen? I'm a Denzel Washington kind of guy. I watch those movies. Yeah, I ain't trying to put Marvel, superheroes, capes, costumes. No, I'm not here for that. But my son was. So I started watching Marvel with my son. And, and I like it. Like, I got into it with him. And, and, and now we have this dialogue, but, but I had to meet him where he was at. I'm going to sit here. Son, do you want to exegete Exodus with me? No, he's not into that. I'm, I'm into that. Yeah, I'm a Bible nerd, but he don't care. You know, so it's like, no, I'm going to do that. But I went to his level. I was like, son, let's talk about things you're into. And I've really dived in there. And it's not this like fake list. No, no, like I care. I'm in it with him. 
I'm, I'm all in it with him. And, and then when my wife and I were on vacation, he's texting me. I'm in Europe. You know what I mean? He's not going to text me about his day. He's not going to text me about anything. But he did text me to know that the new Loki season two trailer dropped. Dad, the new Loki dropped. I'm like, I know I already saw it. And I had to remind him, remember, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm nine hours ahead of you. So I'm seeing everything before you see it, Jaden. He's like, ah, oh, you know. So anyway, um, I, that's, that's just been my relationship with my son. And most recently on Wednesday, the new Spider-Man movie came out. I'm telling you, I'm all into it now, okay? I had to go on his level. And so I get this notification on my phone. It's the new Miles Morales Spider-Man entered the multiverse. Or where, did I say that right? Son? I don't know if I said it right. Anyway, it's like the new, the new Spider-Man is out. It popped up on my phone, and right away I hit buy. Amazon's the devil. It makes it too easy to buy stuff. So I was like, buy, you know. I didn't even have to open up the app. Like the notification, I said, yes, you know, boom. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But I'm like, bye. And uh, so my kids, I went to go pick them up from summer camp. And I'm picking them up from summer camp. And as soon as we get in the car, Ryan's like, dad, dad, Spider-Verse came out today. Son, I know. Dad, can you buy it? I already bought it. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, when we get home, you guys can watch the movie. You want to know what my boy said? Yeah, baby, let's go. <laughs> They're kids, okay? That's, that's what they said. They didn't say, Dad, I love you, but that's pretty close. Right? Said, Let's go, baby. They got so excited, went home, watched, <laughs> watched Spider-Man. But listen, the goal is I just want my son to talk to me. That's the goal in the coaching years. So mom and dad, the goal is not that they become what you expect them to become. I know you got your hopes and visions and dreams for them. That ain't the goal right now. The goal is that they talk to you so that you get to the friendship years. And when we get to the friendship years, the goal is that your children want to spend time with you. 18 plus. See, here's the deal. Your parents, your, your children will eventually become adults. And now they have a choice whether or not they want to see you. And my hope for you, Lighthouse, listen to me, young parents with young children. I, I, I want you to get this. My, my hope is that you parent in such a way that when your children have a choice of whether or not they get to see you or not, that they choose to see you. Because they don't have to. Just recently, I was talking to someone, and he said, I'm thinking about ending my relationship with my father. It, it, it's so bad, I just think it would be better if he was not in my life. And I had to counsel him through that. He's got a choice. At this point, dad can't force a relationship. At this point, mom can't force a relationship. And it's just sad. It, it, it's, it's, it's so sad. Because, again, as a pastor, I've seen It's so sad when a grandma says, I haven't seen my grandkids. Don't have a relationship with my daughter. I'm not saying that's entirely, that can go in so many ways. But my point being is, these things happen. Don't take for granted, mom and dad, you parenting your young child. Don't take for granted that they're going to want to be with you. They may not want to be with you. And, and what you do in this season is going to determine how they live in that season. And so, mom and dad, I, I want you to understand that the goal of the friendship years is that your children will want to spend time with you. And then when they get older, they're going to want to bring their kids to come and spend time with you. I love that my kids, when I say, we're going to grandma and grandpa's house, oh my God. They're over the moon. They're so excited. They go see grandma and grandpa. And they, you know, they know anything goes at grandma's house. I mean, they can drink Cokes at grandma's house. I don't allow them to drink soda in my house. 
Every time they see a Coke, they turn into a crackhead. They're like, soda. <laughs> That's why they love grandma's house. Anyway, can I read you a verse? Psalm 127, 3 to 5, it says this. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children of one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Now, can, can, can I insert Pastor Josh's commentary into this scripture? Because the, they read this scripture, and I'm guilty. We'll read this scripture on like dedication Sunday. And it's like you've got this kid who's like six months old, and he hasn't let the parents sleep <laughs> in six months. And there's like dedication Sunday, and you know, I got makeup, I, makeup on, but I can still see the bags. You know, it's like, oh, it's been rough on this mom. You know what I'm saying? It's like rough. <laughs> oh, and why is it the dads always look so fresh? Come on, dads. Help out in the middle of the night, you know. I can't nurse the kid. I get it, but help, you know. Get up. But, like, I would sometimes read this verse to to parents, and they've got little kids, and they would tell me, they're like, your children are a gift from the Lord. I'm like, really? Does it it come with a gift receipt? You know, because I want to return. Like, I'm not sleeping, you know. Like, are you kidding me? So I'm convinced, this is my commentary, that when the writer wrote this, he was talking about older children. He, he was talking about children who are now older and have a choice to come home. And this is his commentary when he said, children are a heritage of the Lord. He, he's talking about when you've done this right and your kids want to come home. When you've done this right and your kids can't wait to see you. When you've done this right and they're not coming alone, but they're bringing kids with them too. This is the reward that the writer was talking about. Because I get those early years. Those early years can be tough. Those early stages can be rough. But if you can get through the discipline years, if you can get through the training years, if you can get through the coaching years, and when you move into the friendship years and your kids want to come home for family dinner night, you've done it well. When they want to come home, for family dinner. You've done it well. And that's where I want to move you to, church. And that's where I'm hoping this helps you. For anyone that's like, pastor, man, I wish you would have told me this 20 years ago because it's just broken now. It's painful. I don't see my kids. They're not around. It hurts. Maybe you've got a wayward teenager. I'm going to pray for you right now because I get it. Some... I love that there are so many young parents that walked out of here like, thank you, pastor. This is super helpful. But I do. My heart breaks for some of you that are like, I I wish somebody would have told me this 20 years ago because it's broken and I don't see my kid. I believe that this is why we got that foundation last Sunday because I believe Jesus can do anything. I believe God can heal every broken relationship. I believe the power of God can bring back every wayward child. I believe the power of God can can fix any fractured relationship. I don't know if you believe it, but I believe it. I believe God can do that. And so I want to pray for anyone right now that's like, I just, I don't have that, but I want that. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, I I just want to pray for you right now. And I especially want to lift up families. I'm not going to call anyone out, but I just really want to, right now in this moment, my first prayer, there's two more coming, but my first prayer, I just want to lift up those parents that it's just not well. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for your word. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.